Good evening. This is Matt, and you're listening to That Time We Woke Up in a Podcast and Had to Explain Manga, our heated adventures overanalyzing manga we find interesting, otherwise known as the Over Manga Cast. As 2022 winds to a close, we thought we'd just take a step back from reading this week and go over our favorite things we've read in 2022. That's a top three from each and every one of us on the cast, Matt, Jay, Sam, and Jacob. So why don't you nestle on down, break from the New Year's festivities, and uh, listen as we count down the best manga of 2022. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back once again to the Over Manga Cast. My name is Sam. Normally, at the top of the episode, we would talk about what our familiarity with the uh, property we read this week is, but it's the end of year recap, so that's redundant. Instead, it's time for the top three of 2022. Hooray! It's been a pretty good year for manga and uh, for us here on the podcast, so I'm excited to talk about what we've got this year. It was kind of nice uh, taking a, a look back down memory lane to uh, make my list. <laughs> the uh, the end of the year was pretty hectic for me personally. I, I think that might be true for uh, a lot of us. Yes, that is that is a universal sentiment, I think, on the podcast. I think that's a universal sentiment in general, but uh, it was nice to reflect on the like the new stuff that we discovered and uh, mm-hmm. Things to maybe, uh, you know, New Year's resolution, read the things we say we're going to get back to eventually. <laughs> Indeed. So we've got a top three, uh, one for each of us. This is specifically of things that we have read that are new this year for us here on the podcast. And uh, we will start off, uh, as all good lists do, at the bottom <laughs> with number three. Uh, I might have made that a bit more uh, discriminant. What's the word I'm looking nope, for? Nope, everything else is garbage compared to what we picked for this list. Good job, Sam. You <laughs> are right. You know what? That is it. So I will start off and say that my number three for new manga that we read this year was Golden Kamui. I had a great time with this manga. I'm a big fan of uh, adventure stories. Uh, I've recently been getting back into World of Warcraft, and uh, my main class is a hunter. So seeing a tale of uh, survival and struggle against the wilderness and using craftiness and resourcefulness and uh, by any means grit to get out of dangerous situations, uh, it really just got my blood pumping. So I'm super excited to revisit Golden Kamui and see uh, where things go from there. Uh, Matt, how about you? What was your number three? Well, first off, Golden Kamui, great pick. I would have personally picked that as my number three, except I noticed as I was going down through this list, everything that uh, was basically new that I thought was interesting was something I'd started reading previously in the year before. I'm like, dang it, it doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that bear. I love that bear. <laughs> very, it's a very cool bear. But uh, yeah, uh, for my number three, I went with something I started reading uh, with us in this time, and I, I forget. 
forget if I was even on the episode. Um, I, I, I was not there for one of them, but that was Kaiju number eight. That manga just checked a lot of boxes. It was insane. One Punch Man level fun, but it had like a gritty story that it also doesn't take too seriously. But it in universe, it's serious, but the characters portray it comedically. And I dig it. it it's got a great tone to it. It's got beautiful paneling it's just amazing art it's just like a breath of fresh air because um one punch man has been a slog and i have been (laughs) trying to keep up with it that's putting it very madly yeah and uh one of our uh much renowned guests brandon bovia has done a spectacular job as the english letterer for kaiju number eight indeed so great to have someone like that on our uh, show for such a great series. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, Jay, what's your number three? Uh, sure. So again, giving props to Kaiju number eight. That was a very close one for me. Um, so my number three would have to be, and I know it's been out for a while, but Dr. Stone. Um, it's just kind of ridiculous. Um, the conceptualization of uh not only post-apocalyptic world, but also taking it back to almost educational, you know, just incorporating mm-hmm. a lot of the scientific elements of it, while also, again, the conundrum of why is everyone ridiculously hot? And, you know... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the main mystery of Dr. Stone. Bill Nye edutainment, except everyone's a she. Yes. And as far as Tsukasa... I still feel like can, I can fix him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, solid choice. Doctor Stone is great, and like uh, one of the things I love about it, it's it's such a simple thing, but it, it it's one of the things that stands out most in my mind. Uh, the main character is a scientist who doesn't know everything about every field of science, who makes mistakes despite being a genius. That that little that little bit of um, humanization is so important to make the characters really pop. Oh, absolutely! If Senku was and was a like a polymath uber genius who knew everything about everything, he'd be insufferable in a bad way. Right now, he's just insufferable in a fun way. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. But yeah, uh, Jake. What's your number three? Uh, so my number three, uh, this is one of the ones where it's like crazy end of the year. I almost kind of forgot how much I love this until I look back on it and like, oh, right. My number three is Glipnir. Boy, what a what a gripping, captivating story. The depths that the particularly the two main characters have the uh, <laughs> the absolute train wreck of the, the female lead. Gosh, I'm blanking on the names right now because I'm so bad with the names. It's been a- year no one cares (laughs) (laughs) but like she strikes that perfect balance of being a character that you feel sorry for but not sympathy for but i can fix her (laughs) well but no like like that's sort of the thing though like she does so many horribly irredeemable things and like the fact that you understand why she got to that place doesn't make the things she did okay is such a tightrope to walk you know, mm-hmm. and then the main character is such a tightrope between being passivity, being his weakness versus him just being boring. The fact that both of those characters are pulled off so well, and it also is just this wacky creative world that is so interesting that I can't wait to see more of really, really uh, cool series. Uh, yeah, Jacob, Gleipnir was like 
head to head with uh, Kaiju number eight for my number three spot. So I'm glad one of us mentioned it. But like, yeah. oh, such a good series. Like, I can't wait to do a revisit of that so we can watch each and every one of those characters not able to be happy and get what they deserve. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Gwepnir would have been on my list if we went beyond like top three because I really liked it, but it made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> I know it's great. <laughs> it is great. Exactly, Sam. I liked I it because it made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> Yes, I I don't want to knock it for that quality. It, it just, well, I suppose it did actually knock it lower on my estimation, but that's just me. I am objectively knocking it for that quality. <laughs> I am just a. But yeah, uh, that is number three. Let us move on to number two uh, in our top three. So uh, this one. Uh, for me, number two was Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, which Ooh. is really not a surprise because it's my aesthetic and then it's my aesthetic, but like cranked up by like 50% because <sighs> it's it's got all the wacky go beyond limit shattering stuff of Gurren Lagann, but without that classic trigger super scaling. Which makes it mm -hmm. seem, it, it it makes the bell curve seem more not realistic but uh, understandable. You know, cosmic struggle, life affirming. <laughs> that is a hundred and ten percent the stuff I love. So seeing that mixed with you know wacky shonen adventures. Oh, beautiful. Like another thing relative to Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer is. It's not like depths of depravity characters or anything, but like there's also that sort of like there is a level of depth to the characters in Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer that is just so captivating. You know, like like you you get just enough of their inner lives to know that there is an ocean. I want to know so much about Semidare. <laughs> like, I mean, we know a keyhole like peak of her life. And I want to know so much more. Real stakes in that series too. It's very good about uh you know, it's a shonen but the characters don't feel safe. Like is a common problem with shonen series. Sam, did you uh did you end up checking out the anime for Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer? I heard it was bad, so I didn't. It was very bad. Oh, <laughs> that's sad. Yeah, I, I I unfortunately heard from reputable sources, both Matt and other reputable sources, that the anime was not good. So I have decided to abstain from that, and I'm just going to look forward to when we do part two. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to watch the anime in pure defiance of everybody else's opinion. <laughs> you do know it, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't. I will not stop you. Uh, <laughs> Matt, how about you? What's your part? Or your number two. So yeah, uh, my number two, oldie but a goodie. It's amazingly something I hadn't read until this point. Uh, Berserk. Oh, how, where do you even go in? That was such my aesthetic of like dark fantasy of a hero who's kind of burnt out on doing the right thing, but is still doing it, but like sees it more as a curse put upon him. Like, oh, I just mm -hmm. 
super nonsense medieval technology. Like, man has a <laughs> crossbow that fires like a hundred shots of like stakes. And I'm like, out, out of his metal hand. Buddy, the size of the ammunition you're pulling right there, that might just be better than a gun in situations because that's like a, that's just a solid chunk of wood. Like, uh-huh. here's another case where what a uh, series of great character, mostly. Uh, I mean, not to say that the rest of them are bad, but Guts is another character where you see you see the surface level aesthetic of him. But there's still so much more beyond that to explore. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the only reason Berserk did not make it onto my list was because I thought it would be cheating to have something I knew I would objectively love on the list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. The Dark Souls player loves, loves Berserk. Berserk. Yeah, OK, that explains it. <laughs> did, did I not allow myself to pick Chainsaw Man last year? I think I did. <laughs> so that, that tracks. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, because it, 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 it's... um. Yeah, it's it's a change in opinion. Jay, how about you? What was your number two? So my number two comes as no surprise because it involves gorgeous men. Um, but I would have to say Blue Lock. Um, one, uh, and I know I come under fire for this. I'm not a huge fan of sports anime. That's fine. You can be objectively wrong. <laughs> but I had to make an exception for this because, A, it's a sport I did. I do understand. I did play long time ago so there's that and i literally had to say this is this is a page turner i it was just so intense i was engaged the entire time and there were hot guys involved it's a 10 out of 10 for me (laughs) luck is one of the ones that would have been my number one if i hadn't started reading it last year (laughs) (laughs) uh fair and, I think and, the fact I, I read the most manga out of this group really bites me in the butt a lot of times when we do these. <laughs> I mean, I read a lot of manga, too, just none that I would recommend for this podcast. Fair. <laughs> uh, Jay, those aren't really manga so much as smut. I mean, they're not all smut, Matthew. <laughs> you don't uh, know me. All of them. No. Most- Seriously, not most of them. I would say less than 20%, actually. I'm sure Fangs has a story. I couldn't find it. (laughs) Anyway, Blue Lock. Uh, That's that's another one where uh, one of the big things for me, because I really like that series as well. Again, it's the characters. Not so much they have like this like vast ocean of, of, you know, self beyond what you see. Um, but more so um, watching the main character's journey as he's awakening to this different part of himself and really grappling with it because he's not sure he likes the person he's becoming. Yeah, it's a it's very a fun uh, character full, dynamic. Full out, like turning your your worldview on its head, like first and front right out there. I mean, do do I want to be the soft, nice person who I think everyone likes or do I want to achieve my dreams and do th- something for myself, you know? And it's, <laughs> it's that like, oh, constant conflict. And even on the larger scale, it just kind of pulls into focus just the consciousness of Japan versus the rest of the soccer world. It's just kind of yeah. like, listen, Japan, you got to get your. The intense individualism of the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah. I am him. <laughs> <laughs> I like how um, 
for the World Cup this year, Japan's uh, uniforms had Blue Luck inspiration on them. Dana, <laughs> I'm still cool. going to buy that jersey as soon as it comes out. Jacob, your number two. My number two is almost entirely a pick of vibes, call of the night. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. I wanted to put it on my list, but I didn't, so I'm glad someone else did. Yes. Call of the Night is actually a series I've chipped away a couple of chapters. Um, I've been mentioning it, been trying to uh, actually read the things I say I want to read. Got a couple of chapters uh, further into it. Um, there's something comfortable about it, you know? It speaks to things that I've experienced, like that whole aspect of like the night just being different and all. Really fun characters. This is a character-driven series, so obviously uh, they have to carry it. And uh, uh, Nazana, I believe, is the... Um, yeah female lead she is a hilarious train wreck your girl nazana <laughs> she she's just she's just a doofus in all the right ways and yet also absurdly powerful and then can't really remember the the lead guy's name but he's another one of those characters where very similar to the lead of blue lock where it, it's one of those characters where he's not so much that he's concerned about who he's becoming but like he's learning like like watching him learn about himself and who he is and also who he wants to be when he hadn't really considered it deeply before. It's just a fun character mm -hmm. journey to follow. It is. I felt seen. That was my takeaway. <laughs> yeah, so it's, a, it's about a lonely, reclusive nerd who decided to suddenly start being horny on Main. Like, what? <laughs> Shut up. Relatable. Relatable. Shut up. Relatable. <laughs> Relatable. I feel seen. <laughs> I vote we excommunicate Matthew. <laughs> you are kicked off this island what am i gonna do with all my good manga opinions <laughs> start your own podcast get colton get brandon just <laughs> wait a minute that no, sounds we'll better than ours it, instead, of trash, instead of trash taste it's good taste <laughs> Coming never when we get 500 pa uh, patrons on the Patreon we don't have. Anyway, uh, this is halfway through our uh, list this year. I know what you're thinking. How is it halfway through? And you've done two out of three. That is a surprise. But we will be back right after this. And welcome back to the show, folks. Uh, where last we left off, we were at two out of three for our top three of 2022. But in order to make this an even-numbered list, we are going to be stepping away from the top three into a best of the revisits. We are only doing one of these because that makes it an even number. Boy, so, that was uh, that was hard to narrow it down. Also, because only. One revisit was good. Boy, Matt and I had, uh, once again, the exact opposite opinion <laughs> to the shock of literally nobody. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, my top revisit was Spy Family <laughs> to the shock of no one. Yeah. Which one? All of yes. it. Yes. <laughs> Do you want me to give a specific episode? No, I just think we did two spy family episodes. <laughs> 
We did, we basically did do two back to back, and both of them reinforced why I loved that manga, particularly because it is a super shonen gag manga wrapped around a wholesome slice of life manga. And both of them are struggling for control, and watching them fight is funny. We either have Yor being a death knight, or we have uh, Lloyd being a super saiyan, and both of them are trying so hard to be good parents to Anya, who is the best character. <laughs> I forgot the name of the other secret agent who's deeply in love with Twilight, but she was the best part of that review. <laughs> Midnight? I think midnight, midnight sounds yeah. right. Midnight and Twilight, they belong together. Uh, they <laughs> all, a lot objectively don't. They're separate times. <laughs> I will say this. Um, boy, uh, your uh, Anya is the best character, but your uh, gave Anya a run for her money in that uh, last section we did. Uh, boy, uh, when when Spy X family going to get to the end of another arc so he can do another part? Gosh, I love that. That's another one I've been chipping away at. Absolutely. Uh, Bond get Bond does some uh, cool stuff. Uh, he gets to uh, be a hero in the next bit. Bond is goodest dog. Yes. Canonically. Yes. So, Jake, I don't think we need to ask what your revisit is. Uh, actually, that might uh, surprise you. Uh, my revisit is uh, Fire Force. Is it because oh. it has a bomb ass OP? It has several. Well, yes. yeah, it has several. No, honestly, the thing I the thing I found uh, is it because it's got a bunch of bomb asses OP. It does. It also has that. It does have <laughs> that, but that's not the reason why it's my best revisit. <laughs> um, so uh, the thing about Fire Force is I didn't dislike the first section of Fire Force, but it really didn't feel like it was a for me thing, which it should have been it had all the hallmarks of something i'd like but i had a couple of particular criticisms of it and the crazy thing is basically all of those criticisms were acknowledged and not like ignored but like built upon to you know solve those problems in the second part um and it suddenly became very much the my taste I thought it would be when we had started. I don't know. It, it's a very personal thing, but it felt kind of gratifying that I, I pointed out a couple of things that I felt weren't meshing very well with Fire Force. And then to see it address those sort of made it made me feel like, you know, perhaps my analysis was, you know, like when you're the analytical one, sometimes you worry you're grasping at straws. And in the case of Fire Force, it, I wasn't, you know, take a uh, series that's already very much my taste with some really good characters and uh, smooth out the problems I had with it. And how could it not be a series I love? Though I will say it was a very close race. The We only had one best revisit. I loved a lot of the revisits we did this year. Look, they all can't be Platinum End. Platinum <laughs> <laughs> was on my list. Matt, do you have uh, something you want to say then? Oh yeah, for my revisit, I think obviously it should come no as no surprise. Um, my favorite revisit we did this year was Klaus because we got the Polar Cola Wars. <laughs> yeah. 
I said it in the last episode and I'll say it again. I need to know what is happening on the moon. <laughs> Give me the moon civil war issue. I, um, I just I loved Klaus last year, but like the one hang up, I'm like, this thing was teetering between this is a parody and it's doing an actual gritty reboot. If it was just a little trimmed down, it would have been perfect. And then this this year, we just got two complete stories that are just comic book nonsense nonstop. And I'm like, good, 30 minute Christmas special. I'm happy. And one of them is the Polar Cola Wars. Me and my father, Agamemnon Partridge the Third, fought Santa to a standstill. And his workshop, the the siege lasted 40 days and nights. Hey, I'm evil Santa from the dark side of the moon. Also, I'm a vampire. Also, I'm a werewolf. <laughs> Are we going to explain most of this? No. <laughs> the dark side of that the universe. The that ruins the fun. <laughs> also, I'm literally just Lo- uh, Lobo. It is just Lobo, but it's the dark side of the universe accessed from the dark side of our moon. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Meanwhile, Millhouse Q for quality partridge. <laughs> uh, Grandpa, we could just make money by exploiting people. <laughs> like a we real corporation. We don't, to, we don't need to sell the souls of children to space aliens, Grandpa. Did I tell you we used Nazis to my grandpa? Stop saying things. <laughs> grandpa, <laughs> grandpa, take your medicine, grandpa. Jay, what was your uh, what was your revisit? So my revisit wasn't anything too special. It was just, you know, an old tried and true favorite. Uh, Frank and Fran. Uh, an excellent be- choice. Yes. Um, Shut your so- mouth. Frank and Fran is something amazing and totally special. There's nothing tried and true about it. I doubt <laughs> Frank and Fran is even capable of trying something or being able to determine if it's true. <laughs> I guess we'll find we'll find out along the way. She has the best intentions, and that's all that matters. Maybe, possibly, depends on what pays her more. <laughs> or free organs. I I don't know if I could call them the best intentions. I don't know. It depends yeah. on her mood, really. They're yeah. close enough to good intentions for government work. Yeah, but I mean, really, what really does work almost 100% of the time is you got to play into her romantic side. She's a sucker for romance. But yeah, um, Frank and Fran, for the above reasons, and because I'm the weird person who likes horror, and a little bit of the extraordinary abstract thought. There were a lot of philosophical conversations that were had during this episode. Um, (laughs) So yeah, that was why it was one of my favorite revisits. And so, with our revisits out of the way, now we get back into the nitty-gritty. And so we come to the... Drumroll, please. And with that drumroll... Number one. So my number one of 2022 was Blue Lock. That's a good choice, obviously. <laughs> it, it was my number one because it was easily the biggest surprise for me of the year. No, no, please tell me so, how the thing I told you was amazing was amazing. It was amazing, <laughs> so, okay? Okay, okay. So I 
am not a massive fan. I, I think I'm at the midpoint between Jay not liking sports manga and Matt loving sports manga. I'm just kind of mid on sports manga. And then I read Blue Lock and I discovered that the true secret to soccer supremacy was self-inflicted ego death. <laughs> and I understood that this manga was incredibly base. <laughs> something, something about a story that both ran so counterman to my own values and so parallel to them. Somehow, at the same time, it captivated me. Mm-hmm. I see. Blue Blue Lock is amazing. It it, it has a very it's strong, really special. It is a very strong philosophy, and it never lets you forget it for a second. But it gives you so many characters that have like different fractured points on that philosophy of what it means to be an egoist, of what it means to throw it all on the floor to the like betterment of only your own benefit but there's still people who are like well i can drag people behind in my wake and i'm like sure but you gotta know anything that isn't putting you out front and center is a weakness oh and it's just people fighting constantly and my favorite part about blue lock is the arc we ended on was a mid arc we're only halfway through the first arc so we gotta do at least a part two. Oh yeah um, right. uh, definitely be on board for a part two yeah that's a that's another fun thing about uh blue lock is that because it it's the kind of series that doesn't give answers it poses questions from a philosophical perspective and it makes it so much fun to talk about you know mm-hmm. it, 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 yeah, really... it, it doesn't have a definitive view and like the one person in it who seems to have a view of everything Thing everyone hates and he also might be lying to so yeah that was actually that was the thing that near the end of our reading i took away from the most it's like does he believe what he's saying or is there more to this going on which is a great way to write you always want your audience asking questions like that it it's it's philosophy that it it just flops dick out on the table from the beginning, it it really is this just intersect of the two ways I have of thinking. Because you know, I I think like, um, in, in a community minded sense, you know, people need to work together in order to become stronger. That's the way our species survives. And then also, you got mine. I'm the strongest. I'm the best. I top the DPS charts. I got the epic loot you know just the war the world of warcraft draws out the savage primal state of man mindset (laughs) and i tried to warn you that brings out the worst in you and it just smashes them into each other and either one is gonna win or they're both gonna fuse and i need to know (laughs) anyway matt what was your number one so my number one man if i hadn't read Bl- uh, blue lock on its own I, I think it's pretty clear that would have been mine but not to take away from my number one which i absolutely loved um this year was like straight out of left field i didn't expect myself to love it as much as i did uh chihaya Fu. oh wow very good pick very good choice I, yeah. i'm glad that you brought that one up because we had so many good ones it it wasn't super high on the list, but thank you for bringing it up because yeah. that's another it's, one that I've been reading on my own. 
Funnily enough, it has the same kind of vibe of a sports manga and like that idea of I want to be better. How do I be better? And like, like, uh, I forget her name. Chihaya. Main character girl. She, uh, oh, is it just Chihaya? It is Chihaya, yeah. yeah. Yep, I'm, okay. But uh, yeah, she, her, her whole thing is just like, yeah, I want to make friends doing this and I want to win. But I want to do it the friendly way. And I'm like, oh, but can you do it? And she's like, no, I'm going to do it that way. I'm like, oh, wow. But what about your two friends who you want to take along? One of them quit the game. And it's just, oh, it's, it's everything I loved in Blue Lock. If Blue Lock also had juicy relationship drama. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything in Blue Lock. If Blue Lock actually committed to MC Kun, whose name I don't remember, needing to high five both of his boyfriends at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I mean, there's there's a fine line. And I mean, like, not for nothing, Juhaya Furu in a lot of ways is sort of like a morph. And I mean, I mean, like from an aesthetic perspective, it is almost a more friendly blue lock. You know, mm -hmm. it has great character drama and the it's a good thing. You don't really need to know all the rules of Karuta, but, you know, the intensity of the matches, the degree to which it matters to the uh, participants is is one thing that Chihaya Furu does amazingly well. Mm -hmm. All right. So with that in mind, Jay, you're number one. Hmm. Well, um, favorite I've referenced it several times throughout um, this podcast, but dun dun dun! Yeah. <laughs> Shout yeah. out to Jump Cody for recommending. I've been obsessed ever since. I think this... For me, because I'm usually just not the type of person who kind of gravitates through too much towards gag manga. Admittedly, I find them kind of repetitive and just kind of like, eh, this stuff being funny. But I don't know. Don't Don keeps my attention and keeps me engaged. And it's enough random to like just be like, yeah, this is this is exactly what it sounds like. There is no need to kind of look in for nuance or anything. It, it, it really much is what it is. And uh, the characters are lively. Um, it has that element of, um, I guess, traditional Japanese storytelling in terms of like Japanese monsters, um, Japanese school life, if you want to call it that. Um, so for me, and... To be fair, um, I have to, again, give a shout out to Kaiju number eight, because it was literally between that and Don to Don. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. I know, I'm just saying, between Don to Don and Kaiju number eight, one of them does offer to let you suckle its teats if it can gobble your schlong, so. <laughs> and no, that's not a metaphor. <laughs> that's what I love about it. <laughs> also, YouTube? I have I have an I have an eternal vendetta against you for copyright striking me on that edit. <laughs> Inevitable. Jacob. What's your number one? I have a, a bit of a surprise. The slow reader over here who always is barely able to like maybe get one extra chapter of a bunch of things that uh, he likes. I'm current with something. <gasps> that is how much I freaking love kaiju number eight Ooh. i adore Ooh. kaiju number eight so much it's so much like a garo rule of cool but with a likable funny almost gaggy protagonist 
the thing I like most about it is also my only real complaint with it is its snappy pace is so wonderful. It's so easy to just go to the next chapter and be done with it before you even realize, you know, you, you've turned that many pages. I do feel like, uh, generally speaking, and this is mostly to do with our, our, our second episode on it, I do feel like sometimes uh, Kaiju number eight goes a little bit too fast and it's full on, like full on plot arcs. Because I feel like there was more they could have done with Kafka at having like a secret identity as Kaiju number eight. Mm. But like time flies when you're reading Kaiju number eight and you're you're just like, you want to, where's the next chapter? It's not out yet. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> the fact that I've bumped into the and, and currently have bumped into the entire breadth of what's been released. I don't do that normally. And it's yeah. just a testament to how how quick and how fun and how enjoyable Kaiju number eight is. I'm impressed. Like literally, I'm really impressed for Jacob to remain motivated to stay not only up to date, but to the point where he actually is like on top of every release. I don't do that normally. <laughs> I'm surprised though. Not surprised. Cause I, like I said, Kaiju number eight is top tier. I mean, Hey, there, there's a reason Kaiju number eight's getting an, anime and it all oh, the trailer dropped it looks great i'm so excited for that anime i mean unfortunately for one punch man fellows this might take away a little bit of their audience just because i don't know the arcs are taking a little long so season three is coming out as well so we can mm. see if they can salvage that arc <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 for all, all the people working at MAPPA, I wish you all of the bower in the universe <laughs> for, for, for everything you're dealing with. Chainsaw Man has been an absolute 11 out of 10 adaptation. Uh, the One Punch Man anime, it sure is happening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, they're doing so much. Give it up for the the real G's. Yeah, I mean, and also maybe they should have some better working conditions. <laughs> <laughs> well, anime industry. Uh, I'm just saying, like, unrelated. They got a they got a friend of ours who doesn't even read manga to read manga. Just the yeah. hype around things. <laughs> <on there. laughs> Give them props, but also maybe they shouldn't have to bust their sword. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I don't um, know. That's a kind of a weird position to take. Someone who picked Blue Lock as their favorite. <laughs> Shut. Shut. May maybe they should be better. Shut, <laughs> Shut Matt. Shut. <laughs> I can make you. I edit the show. Anyway, Kaiju number eight. Ah. <laughs> uh. Kaiju number eight is an absolute freaking delight. And I'm looking forward to the anime. I'm looking forward to reading more of it. I'm just looking forward to Kaiju number eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see the anime being the big thing when it comes out. Like mm. it it's not up against a lot, and I could see it coming out the gates. Like I could see it pulling what Chainsaw Man's doing now. Like yeah. hitting the scene and a bunch of people who don't read going like, man, this is amazing. Not that I judge them, but I judge them. <laughs> I judge people I mean, who I... can't read, but only in print media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there's something to be said how uh, uh, Kaiju number eight popped up a lot 
throughout our lists as, as sort of honorable mentions. Okay. It was on Matt's list, and now it's my number one. Like, it's it's really a spectacular series. That's how you know it's good. If Matt and Jake can agree on it in any yeah. way. Actually, that also applies to Glipnir, to be fair, but... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that wraps up the year 2022. Thank you, everyone, so very much for sticking with us for another year. And we eagerly look forward to bringing you more top quality content in the year 2023. We've got a lot of great manga planned. We've got a lot of fan. Uh, fabulous discussions and explorations of worlds and stories, both new and old. It's going to be a good time. And might even have some special guests lined up. And speaking of which, hey, you reached the newest episode in our line this time of year. Love to share the love a little bit. You can uh, go check out some of our lovely guests who have been on the podcast this year. Um, you can go check out Manga Mavericks with uh, Colton and check out Lumbron Mayasha, Lum Squad, Colton. Uh, check out the one podcast prevails. Matt was on them recently. The, the, yeah, Detective Conan podcast, really great. Uh, we're probably never going to read Detective Conan on this show just because how you do the arcs. nature of it. <laughs> the nature of it. Uh, I, we um, we love to do Detective Conan, but yeah. Uh, also check out the art of uh, Darren Vogt, who was on for for um blue giant earlier in the year uh brandon bovia as we mentioned kaiju number eight really just check out him uh he has a one piece um one piece at a time podcast i believe is the name uh then we got uh kendra who's on for a high q episode with um the view from the top the high q podcast or also the my hero academia podcast we've really okay. had a we've really had a lot of 10 out of 10 guests this year indeed and, you know, they wouldn't be 10 out of 10 guests if they weren't on a 10 out of 10 podcast. So follow OverMangaCast on all of your social medias where we are at OverMangaCast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And, you know, just just because it's still the holiday season, uh, we do appreciate five star reviews on uh, any and all places you can do it. iTunes, uh, Spotify, uh, wherever they'll let you click the five star. Do it. It's Christmas. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> You can you can like, comment, and subscribe on our YouTube channel as well. Indeed. And little known fact, if you comment and request uh, we do revisits of episodes on their YouTube video, uh, you're more likely to have it happen. Indeed. And make sure to tune in next week where we ring in 2023 with a very mighty revisit. Uh, I... You heard me earlier in the episode. I'm excited for it. We're doing Golden Kamui. Uh, we got a we got a short arc this time. We're reading uh, chapter 22 to 29. A little uh, a little light reading for the new year. December's been a time. We're just taking it easy. <laughs> so uh, read that to keep up with the show. And we'll see you all in the new year. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, everybody. Okay, so what you're going to want to do now is pause the podcast, and then you're going to wait until 11.50 on New Year's Eve. And then you're going to unpause it right now. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Happy New Year!